Good morning, 59th Street Church. It's good to be back with you after being off the past two Sundays. Uh, most of you know that my wife, Rochelle, gave birth to our son, Christopher Warren, on Monday, May 4th. That's right, my son was born on Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Uh, thankfully, everything went well with the delivery, and we've been enjoying time at home together as a family of five now. Um, I can't wait for all of you to be able to meet baby Christopher uh, in person someday soon. Our youth and children's ministry director, Brandon Tong, did a great job of preaching for me the past two Sundays. And so thank you again, Brandon, for bringing the word of God to our congregation uh, today, I'm going to be starting a new sermon series for the next few weeks on the Holy Spirit. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to be celebrating the day of Pentecost, which occurred 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead and 10 days after he ascended into heaven. Um, and on that day of Pentecost, Jesus' followers were gathered together in Jerusalem in, in a home, in a room, when suddenly the sound of a rushing wind filled the house and what looked like tongues of fire rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus actually spoke about this, about the coming of the Holy Spirit to his disciples before he died on the cross. He actually did it the night before he was going to the cross. Um, and so over the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in what is uh, often called the Upper Room Discourse in the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 16. And I believe that what Jesus says to his disciples on that night um, about the Holy Spirit, as he speaks to them in these chapters in John, it will also speak powerfully to us today, too, uh, particularly in the midst of our current context, as we continue to feel the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic in our lives in various ways. And so today we're going to be looking at the very first place in those chapters where Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit, which is in John chapter 14, and we'll be looking at verses 15 through 21. So John chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. Jesus says uh, to his disciples, he says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself. To them. My sermon title today is The Spirit's Presence. Uh, the passage that I just read highlights this particular aspect of the Holy Spirit, that He is present 
with us. And that's the, the area I want to focus on today. So I want to explore what it means to say that the Holy Spirit is present and what difference that makes for us in our lives. Well, the first place that we see the this, this sense of the Holy Spirit being present is how Jesus initially refers to the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, he calls him another advocate. Now, the original Greek word um, in, in this verse is the word parakletos or paraclete. Um, and that's a word that's difficult to translate into English. In fact, different English translations translate that word very differently. Uh, some translate it as counselor, others as comforter, others as helper, and still others as advocate. Um, the root behind this Greek word is a verb that means to call alongside. So here Jesus is calling the Holy Spirit one who is called alongside. In, in most cases where this word is used outside of the New Testament, uh, this word is used to, to speak of a legal assistant or a legal advocate, one who is called in to help someone else in court. And so Jesus here is saying that the Holy Spirit is someone who is called in to come alongside us, to help us. And then he goes on in verse 16 to say that, that this advocate will help you and be with you forever. This helper, this one who comes alongside of us, is not a typical legal advocate who might come to your aid for a period of time, but then moves on after the court case is done. No, this advocate, this helper, comes alongside of you and stays with you forever. He is a permanently present advocate, helper, comforter, counselor. I was trying to think about um, an analogy for this, and suddenly I realized that for many of us, we have something that we carry around with us wherever we go, our smartphones. And on that smartphone, many of us have someone we can ask almost anything. Siri, or Alexa, or Google. Now we just speak the name, ask the question, and listen for the response. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit is completely different than Siri or Alexa. But it got me thinking, do we have the same awareness of the constant presence of the Holy Spirit as we do the constant presence of our smartphones? Do we turn just as readily to our spiritual advocate and helper as we do to our virtual one? But then Jesus goes on to say that the presence of the Holy Spirit is even closer than simply being alongside of us or with us. In verse 17, he says, he lives with you and will be in you. That's right. The Holy Spirit is so present that he actually lives within us. Now, I need to pause here to clarify a couple of things. First, Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. He's addressing those who believe in him, those who are following him. 
The Holy Spirit does not dwell within every human being. Only those who are believers in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, everyone who is a believer in Jesus has the Holy Spirit living within them. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is not something that is reserved for super-Christians, for people who are super-spiritual. No, the moment you believe in Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. So I want to mention just three things that follow from the reality of the Spirit's presence with us, and in us. And the first thing that follows from that reality is that you are never alone. You are never alone. One of the hardest things about this pandemic for many people has been the isolation. Being asked to stay home, to not gather in groups, to stay at least six feet apart from everyone. And all the places that we normally gather with other people are closed. Restaurants, coffee shops, schools, workplaces, churches. And after nine weeks of this, it can get pretty lonely. On a video call with some other pastors in the early days of this pandemic, a doctor talked about a pandemic of loneliness that can be just as real as the actual coronavirus pandemic. Maybe you're listening to this message and you can relate to that feeling of loneliness. And maybe this loneliness started even before the pandemic. Maybe you're single or divorced or a widow. Maybe you live alone. Or maybe you live with your family or roommates or you're married, but you still feel alone for one reason or another. Maybe you have recently lost someone who's close to you, a spouse or a parent or a child. And there are moments where you just feel like you're all alone. If that's you and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I want to assure you, you are never alone. The Spirit of God is with you walking alongside of you as your advocate and your helper, and he is even dwelling within you. Now, I'm not minimizing the importance of having the presence of other people with us as well. We were created for community. But the presence of the Holy Spirit means that no matter where we are, no matter how alone we may feel, no matter how long this isolation extends in the midst of this pandemic, we are never actually alone. Now that thought can be either incredibly comforting or it can be incredibly terrifying. Because this also means that God sees and knows everything that you have done. Everything that you have said, everything even that you have thought. He was with you when you lost your temper at that person earlier this week. He was with you when you went on that website that you knew you shouldn't have gone on. 
He was with you when you silently judged and looked down on that other person as being less than you. God saw all of that. You cannot hide from him. But even after seeing and knowing all of that about you and about me, he hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left you. No, he speaks forgiveness over your sin. He tells you that he has paid for those sins in full on the cross. And he remembers them no more. And this God, who knows all of this, chooses to remain with you. He will not abandon you. You are never alone. The second thing that follows from the Spirit's presence is that you have direct access to the God of the universe. You have direct access to the God of the universe. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is fully God, one with the Father and the Son, the third person of the triune God. And we see that in our text today. Jesus has just talked about how the Spirit will be in his disciples. And then in verse 20, he says, I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus talks about himself indwelling the disciples. Now, how is that possible? Well, it's possible if Jesus is one with the Holy Spirit, who indwells them and us. Earlier in this chapter, Jesus tells the disciples, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So when the Holy Spirit is present within us, that means that so is the Father and the Son through their unity with the Spirit. In other words, the triune God, the creator of heaven and earth, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, that God lives within you and within me. So we have direct access to the God of the universe. Think for a moment about someone who you really admire, someone who you just wish that one day you would be able to meet in person. Maybe it's a famous athlete of of your favorite sports team, or maybe it's a movie star, an actor, actress that you really respect and look up to. Maybe it's a political leader that you really respect, or, or a famous writer, or a singer, or a musician, or a speaker. And now imagine that this person, the person who's a hero to you, a person who, who you would give anything to, to be able to meet, this person comes to your house, your apartment, knocks on your door and says that they have been dying to meet you. And they want to come in and get to know you. You're blown away. I mean, how in the world could this famous person want to know you? Someone ordinary like you. But then it gets even crazier. They tell you that they'd actually like to live with you, to move into your house or your apartment, and to hang out with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
You'd probably faint from the shock. Imagine waking up every morning knowing that you can have a conversation over breakfast with your hero. And they'll hang out with you as you go to work, as you play, as you relax in the evening. They just want to be with you. Well, that is exactly what the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, wants to have with you. He not only wants to meet you, but he wants to move in with you. And he wants to stay with you at every moment of every day, forever and ever. What an amazing reality, right? But sadly, most of us completely take this for granted. I mean, we forget this amazing gift that has been given to us. And instead of being eager to speak to the God who lives with us, we often ignore him. We turn spending time with him into an obligation, something that we kind of dread or we just try to get through to get on to the next thing in our day. The Spirit's presence should remind us that we have direct access, not to a movie star, not to a famous athlete, but to the God of the universe, which is miraculous and amazing and should change us to want to be with him. And so the third thing that follows from the Spirit's presence is actually that God's greatest desire is to be with you. When you think about what God wants most from you, what comes to mind? That he wants you to serve him? That he wants you to witness to others? That, that he wants you to obey him? Of course, God wants all of these things from us, but God's greatest desire from us, his first desire is that we would simply be with him, that we would know him and know his love for us. A couple chapters later in John, John chapter 17, verse 24, Jesus prays to the Father and he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus' desire for his followers is to be with him and to see his glory. But Jesus knew that soon after his resurrection, he wouldn't be physically present with his disciples any longer. And so he made a way that he could still be with them and that he could also be with us. And it's through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Over the past two weeks, our family uh, has been adjusting to having a newborn baby in the house again. And there have been several moments over these last couple of weeks where I have just been holding little baby Christopher. And he looks up at me with, with his deep, beautiful eyes. And he just stares at me. 
And I look back at him and my heart is just filled up with this deep well of love for him. And in that moment, all I want to do is to hold my son, to be with him, to look into his eyes and somehow that he would know how deeply I love him. Now, of course, as he grows older, Rochelle and I will also want him to learn how to obey and how to serve and how to help, just like we're teaching our other kids, Lucas and Sophia, to do. But we teach them for their good, because we love them. We don't love them because they do things for us. And when it comes down to it, the center of our relationship with our two older kids is also, at its core, being with them. Spending time together, reading books, playing games, singing songs. We want them to be with us, to know us, and to know how much we love them. That is the heart of our Father. That is the heart of our God. God's greatest desire is that, is that he would be with us, that we would be with him. And the Father sent the Holy Spirit in order to make that happen. Because the Holy Spirit is present with us and is in us, we get to spend time with God no matter where we are. And that is what God longs for the most until the day when we will be with him fully face to face in glory. So as we close, I want to ask you, do you have a sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe today you're recognizing that actually you want the presence of the Holy Spirit, and, and you sense God leading you to faith in Jesus Christ, maybe for the first time. And if that's you, I want you to know that, that when you believe in Jesus, when you trust him with your life, you are given this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. It can be yours. Simply trust him. Invite him into your life. Or maybe you're a believer, but you don't really have much of a sense of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. And if that's you, I want you to know that, that whether you feel his presence or not, God's word proclaims the truth that the Holy Spirit lives within you. If you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you. And so maybe a way that God is calling you to respond today is to confess that you often ignore the presence of the Spirit. Maybe you've been trying to hide from God because of your sin. Or maybe you have been just so busy with so many other things that you haven't made space to be aware of the Spirit's presence with you. Maybe you've somehow gotten the idea that God cares more about what you do for him rather than simply being with him. And so you've filled up all of your time doing things and trying to impress God 
And all he wants you to do is to slow down and be with him. So today is an opportunity to confess that to God, to ask for his forgiveness for the ways that we have ignored his presence, and then to be assured that God has forgiven you. And he is inviting you today to spend some time with him. You are never alone. You have direct access to the God of the universe. And God's greatest desire is to be with you. So let's enjoy the Spirit's presence. Let's pray. Father, we are amazed that you would want to be with us and that you'd want to be with us so desperately that you sent your spirit to walk alongside of us as our advocate and helper, to be with us forever, and even to be in us. Lord, this is a mystery, this is a miracle, that you, the God of the universe, would dwell within us that we can have direct access to you. Lord, forgive us for the times when we take this for granted. Forgive us for the times when we try to push away your presence, when we run from you because of our sin, when we are too busy, when we see spending time with you as a burden rather than a gift. Lord, forgive us. Cleanse us. Thank you, God, that you don't reject us even when we treat you this way, but that you reassure us that we are forgiven and that you are still with us. And so, Lord, help us to rest in the fact that you know us and love us and are with us. And that no matter how alone we may be feeling in the midst of this pandemic, we would know that we're never really alone because you are with us and that we would want to know you just as much as you want to know us, that we would want to be with you just as much as you want to be with us. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come fill us with your presence. Fill us with an awareness, a deeper awareness of your presence today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.